This is the freestyle way. It's a conversation. Uh, yeah. It's a total conversation. <laughs> and just like that, we're recording. And yeah, Tracy Piper, how are you? <laughs> I am good. Yeah, it's it's a new year. It's exciting. And yeah, just another year making the work that I love and meeting people and having a good time. <laughs> Lucky great. me. Uh -oh. yeah. Lucky you. Lucky you. It's amazing to have uh, seen you do your thing. I, I met you in 2004 in San Francisco at Acrosport specifically when you were... <laughs> uh doing uh, circus performance specifically you were a contortionist right yeah i was a hand balancing contortionist i was a wild one for sure i you had never seen that crazy wild yeah was, um, was that your yeah. crazy wild ah uh, i mean i guess i'm crazy wild i guess i'm always crazy <laughs> wild <laughs> But I, yeah, you know, it was a, it was a cool time. Like I left my, I, I grew up in Oakland and I literally ran away to be in the circus at 16. So in 2004, I was 17. I was living on my own, working at Acrosports, uh, met you there, met a ton of other friends and family who feel like family now. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a wild time. Like what a time to be a 17 year old, like living on their own in San Francisco. <laughs> Doing yeah. contortion. <laughs> I know it was insane. It was insane. I, I I feel like it was a special time when um I arrived at Acrosports. I felt like I stepped into this like moment in time that was very unique. And and the group of people that were there were very special. I mean, I met my wife at that time, so Tanya. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> and uh, uh you and a bunch of other people, Alyssa and uh yeah, who else was around? Um Yeah, uh, Alyssa Chloe. and David Chloe, yep. I think Brett might have still been around, but he might have. Brett moved. was around. Yeah, no, Brett was still there. Um, just all sorts of people. I mean, this was like a core group of friends of mine. Um, you know that I, some of these people, are, like I've known Chloe since I was thirteen years old. You know, so these are people like I grew up with and in the circus, doing the things we loved. You know, and like being really passionate and dedicated. It was like a really special time. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, you you met all of us like as we were like on our grind of like working out all the time, doing circus, performing. Yeah, <laughs> and cool. if it felt like a lot of people had just kind of come in, it was Ethan Law, uh, Fletcher, oh, yeah. who uh, we've lost uh, yeah. along the way, very sadly. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of yeah. just in Simon uh, and and a lot mm -hmm. of interesting performers who mm -hmm. yeah have gone on to do very interesting things. So it's it's yeah. cool to to be here. What eighteen years later? Seventeen years later? Uh, nineteen yeah, years. It's gonna be nineteen. I know, because I met my husband in two thousand five, and we're gonna hit eighteen years. And I was eighteen when I met him. So wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Where did time go? <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you this. One of my first memories of you was uh, you sitting in the staff room downstairs at Acrosports, always drawing. And you would always bring drawings. And I was like, wow, Tracy's pretty good at drawing. Even back then. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, was that something that you did uh, growing up? Like drawing, was that a thing? Or did that come at that time? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've always been a doodler and art has always been like a part of my life in some way, shape and form. Um, so, you know, this is the era before we had smartphones or like really portable video games. <laughs> I mean, maybe there was like a Game Boy, but like, 
honestly, a lot of my life was spent on BART going from one place to another. Um, if you're not from the Bay Area, the BART is the transit system. <laughs> Um, you know, and I didn't have a car. So the way that I would entertain myself is just drawing all the time drawing. And I'm probably a little, you know, ADHD. So for me, like if I'm drawing, I'm actually paying attention. <laughs> um, but in school, too, I would just draw all the time because that just felt it feels good. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, yeah. I I forget. Did you go to um uh, a different style, like an alternative school, or were you in just public school, regular I school? I went to Oakland Tech. Hey! Nice. <laughs> that is like core Oakland public schools. Uh, bless their hearts. They're trying real hard. I mean, I hope in 18 years things have changed. <laughs> um, but when I was going to school there, it was a rough and tumble school, and art was like a great escape. Um, and then, yeah, I, I left at, I actually left at 16 and I was like, screw this. What am I doing here? Mm -hmm. Life's too short. I'm going to go be a circus performer. Yeah, you, <laughs> you went for it. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I feel like a big lesson I learned growing up in Oakland was like, life is too short to not do what you want to be doing. You know, like, I think it, it was tough, like growing up in Oakland and, and, you know, we'd have like moments of silence for kids who would pass, like kids who went to the school, you know, um, or just, you know, just the random violence of Oakland. I mean, there's a lot of beauty in Oakland. I don't want to cast it in a terrible light. But I think, you know, when you grow up surrounded kind of in this like chaotic thing, <laughs> sorry, I don't know how these notifications are getting through. But when you get when you grow up surrounded in these like chaotic times, like, I think you just kind of realize like, I, I ain't got time to fool around. Like, I really got to go, like, take it, you know? Mm. So when I was 16, like, I got out of a bad relationship and I was just like, screw it. What am I doing here? You know, I already have a career. I've been doing circus since I was nine years old. I was already teaching. I had been teaching since I was 13 years old. I already had a bank account. I was like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, the, that was the best decision for me at the time. Like, I just... I knew like where I was didn't feel good and like, screw it. Why not do something that makes me happy? Because mm -hmm. life is short <laughs> or and, and... actually surprisingly long right now. I mean, totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it depends on how you look, it depends on how you, yeah. how you look at it. Uh, so uh, at that time, uh, your parents, uh, what, what were they saying? Was that like, yeah, go do your thing, live your life. Or what was that like? Um... <laughs> They weren't happy about it, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, like, once I have my heart set on something, I definitely uh, don't take no for an answer, which is probably why I am where I am today. <laughs> um, and, like, it was, I didn't really give them an option. I just said, this is what was happening, and get on board or don't. <laughs> that's what it was. And, you know, I think they weren't stoked on it, um, but they let me go uh which i'm appreciative of um i think also at the time like we just weren't getting along as many teenagers and parents are um and you know like i said i'd been working since i was 13 it wasn't like i was running away to just run away it's like i had a plan i had a you know a community around me it, if you're gonna like now i'm a parent and i look back and i'm like you know that wasn't like the biggest leap that they had to do. It wasn't like, oh my God, what is she going to do? <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. they knew like 
exactly what it was that I was I was going for. So right. And yeah. did they <laughs> did they ever come and watch you perform? Were they supportive like that? Uh, I mean, yeah. I would just talk about the cost of paying for <laughs> circus classes since you were a little kid. I mean, they've always supported me being involved in something. Um, you know, drove me to practice, and then you know, by the time I could start drive uh, taking the bus, I started doing that. But like, you know, they paid them bills. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a kind of support, you know. For um, sure. And yeah, I mean, they'd come to shows. They're super proud of me. And I mean, there was, you know, a little moment of tension. Um, but now I'm their favorite kid again. Don't tell nice. me other siblings. <laughs> that's that's amazing. No, that's amazing. It's good. Uh, be the favorite. You know, uh, uh, my my niece this uh, over the holidays was like, don't you have favorites? I was like, sure. <laughs> I, I, I mean what is a favorite love is expansive you know like totally. i'm a favorite in some ways and i'm sure my siblings are favorites in other ways and exactly. i might believe that and i might be delusional who knows <laughs> we'll never know we'll never know yeah. unless they tell you um yeah <laughs> they haven't said anything so i'm making it all up i don't know <laughs> so so getting into it um, how long were you performing in circus and, um, what was the moment you transitioned into, um, art full-time like you're doing right now? Do you have a yeah. recollection of that? Yeah. I mean, it was a very big recollection. I, um, experienced a bad injury on my back. Um, and at the same time, sort of like a betrayal of um, somebody in the community. Uh, And it was so life shattering. Um, I just knew I couldn't do it anymore. Like I knew that it wasn't right. And that I was going to just not thrive anymore. You know, I think circus has a lot of positive qualities. um, But there's also a lot of negative ones. And there's a lot of just I mean it's a hard career right like you you have to stay incredibly thin and fit and there's a lot of pressure um to to be performing at your peak and there's a lot of just relationship issues that happen um you know I always like to say like the circus is very incestuous (laughs) um and I was like I said I was a wild one at the time um I was there. I was there. Yeah, you know, you know how crazy it was. And, you know, it ended up being something that was really eye-opening for me. Like, it is a very tight-knit community, but it can get messy and it can get really rough and people take sides. And I just decided it wasn't for me anymore. So on top of the back injury um, and everything else that was going on, I just was like, you know what? hard stop I guess there's a theme with me I'm just like this isn't right anywhere I'm moving on. yeah so I went to college I didn't go to college right away you know like I said I moved out at 16 um so probably early 20s is when this all kind of went down um and I was like screw this I don't want this anymore I don't want this for my life um I'm tired of not knowing you know I mean who knows I also don't know when my paycheck's coming but it's you know I'm tired of not knowing when I'm gonna get paid I'm tired of starving myself I'm tired of this you know relationship that was not healthy that was going on during that time um so yeah I went to college mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as anyone would do yeah so what, I what studied, did you study in college? 
I studied illustration in college, um, which, you know, like you, like you said, when you met me, I was drawing all the time and I was drawing comics and that's kind of how I like sorted out my way in my world, especially as a teenager was like to like literally draw what was going on and like really think about the world in those terms. And so then I was like, oh, of course, I'm going to be an illustrator. I want to make comics. And, um, but I ended up meeting an amazing actually drawing teacher who was like, oh, no, 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 no. You're a painter. Look at the way that you draw. Um, you should take some painting classes. And this is the beauty of college, right? Like you think you know one thing, but college makes you try everything. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love. Like, you know, drawing was my love. And then I found painting and that was just it it just flows. You know what I mean? It just like literally comes out of me. It's my favorite thing. And it just made a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. And w- what was it this person saw that uh, made made him say, yeah, that's that's painting. It's not drawing. Um, so it's just the way that I would use my drawing utensils. Um, I was making these like, and if you look at my work, so this is my work behind me. If you look at my work, I use like very strong strokes to convey shape and form so I was taking charcoal you know and um turning it sideways and making these like huge strokes to to signify like this is that and this is this and and that style of drawing is is very similar to painting when you have a brush that's wide um yeah I mean he was a great teacher um there was a lot of good teachers in college that kind of guided me into just what it was that made my heart sing, you know, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, of course, always, you know, the other teachers, too, who are like, what are you doing? But that's the whole, <laughs> that's life, right? Like, that's life. It's like, okay, you don't want me to move to the, to live and be in the circus? Okay. Oh, I don't like that anymore. Like, there's always going to be, you know, the haters and the lovers, and, and it's your job to decide what's right for you, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, a, <laughs> so I studied illustration, and then the end of the story, this is where I'm going um is my thesis I was like I don't want to be an illustrator (laughs) I don't want people to tell me what to do I want to paint and paint whatever I want and so instead of making my thesis about you know corporate work or like getting into the times I just uh was like I'm just gonna create a body of 10 pieces that I will then shop around to all the fine arts in San Francisco and see if I can get a show and luckily I did. Three months later, I had a, a duo show downtown. So that's it was amazing. Like awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And at that time, when you did those first 10 pieces that you were shopping around, was that in the same style that you have in your art today? Uh, it's very similar. Yeah. I think in college, especially my thesis, I was really thinking about like, what is my voice, right? Like, and that's like what thesis is, right? It's like, okay, I've I've spent the whole last four, in my case, five years putzing around, trying all these things. And then thesis is like, okay, well, what's my voice now? Um, and so for me, I was looking at a lot of like 70s illustration, which is like very watercolory, not bright like this, because they didn't have the technology back then in paint to do that. And the 70s was all like muted colors anyway. <laughs> Um, but they would do these like watercolors and these figures would like emerge out of nowhere, um, which I thought was just like really cool. It's like, it's a really like, how do you create order out of chaos kind of a thing? Um, and then I guess going back to the drawings and, and, you know, cartooning, it's like, of course I was going to make people. That's, that's who I'm interested in. I'm interested in stories. I'm interested in people. I'm interested in the community around me. 
Um, so yeah, my whole thesis, uh, it's actually, I mean, this is such a funny thing now, but my name of my thesis was let's talk about sex. And I interviewed people about what their, their things were about sex, whatever came up. Um, and so each piece was their response to Mm. that. So I've always had this kind of like, I guess I would call it narrative painting style. Um, and in thesis as well, that's, that's where it started. That's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah interesting uh, concept. I, I like that narrative painting. I've never heard that before, uh, <laughs> and I, I like it. And and something I I may be mistaken here, but I think I read or saw somewhere along the lines just on social media that a lot of the people that you draw don't exist. So there was a time I used to do that um, back in 2018. After so I had my kid in 2016, and I took a break. But then in 2018, I was kind of restarting my career and, you know, I was stuck at home with my kid. I didn't really have a lot of resources to get people to my house or whatever, you know, to photograph because I use a lot of reference. Um, And at the time, too, that project was called You Are Loved. And it was born out of this like question, like, what do we all need? Right. Like I was having this baby and I was asking people like, what do we need as like children or people or what, what is it? Right. What is it? That thing like, I want to raise a healthy human being. (laughs) And the answer is love. You are loved, right? Like how do we love ourselves? How do we love each other? You know, how do we find love? Um, And so that project was called you are loved. And I took things that maybe society would see as a flaw and then made them flaunt it. Um, and I think for that project specifically, I didn't necessarily, like, this is the tricky thing with portraiture, right? Like you don't, like, this is my son behind me, right? Um, and this piece is called Mama, what is systemic racism and how are we complicit? And that's like an important piece, right? Because it's my son, a white kid, you know, like it's about, it's about all of that. But for that project, it was like, I don't want it to be like you, you've got funny hair, you know, (laughs) or you've got gap teeth, right? Like, it's not about the person, it's about the concept. So that's when I was, you know, grabbing eyes and a nose and a mouth and making kind of these unreal people, these like imaginative people to talk about something like a concept larger than just the person themselves. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, it makes makes, <laughs> makes total sense. And, and I love this. And uh, we're going to kind of get back to it in a second. I want to go back to when you were shopping around those 10 pieces. Were those actually yeah. portraits then? Yeah, those were portraits. And those those portraits were from that. Remember I, I said I called it Let's Talk About Sex. Mm-hmm. So they were very like fun, kitschy, sexy. You know, it was like a fun project. Um, and those were the pieces. Yeah, they were portraits of probably some people you know chloe was one of the portraits Mm -hmm. i remember Uh, you know i was i was like canvassing you know my community because i think you know any good artist that's what you're doing is like you're reflecting where you are who you are even you know like people who do abstract art it's like well what are you inspired by the things you wake up to every day you know like that i think is a it's a common theme so for me it was the people around me yeah, that's that's very special. And it makes makes total sense. I mean, that's how you were connecting with people and you connect with the people that are in your circle. And those are the most meaningful ones. So it makes mm-hmm. complete sense to me. Uh, question. <laughs> so uh, when you were doing those portraits, uh, were they posing? Did you take a picture? Did you just because you knew them so well, you remember them? So you created uh, new imagery for them that didn't exist, that they hadn't maybe uh, so- showcased? 
so yeah, the, I guess, yeah, the question is like, what is the process, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I like to think of the process as it is always a collaboration with your model. I have an idea of what I want to say and how I want to say it. And I will definitely come to a photo shoot with poses and some reference and some like ideas, like a little mood board. Um, but in the end, like you won't, you, what you're looking for is the specific way that these people know how to move, right? You're looking for not, you know, the same pose every time. You're not looking just for like oil of Olay hands, right? Like that's what we all see. I'm looking for reality, you know, like that kernel of truth. And so that's where the collaboration comes in is like, well, this is what I want to do, but like, let's see you move. Let's see how, how do you hug someone? How do you smile? How do you laugh? Like, like these are the things that make us us. So. Mm, I love that. You know, I'm very curious about, I'm always curious about like what you said, the kernel of truth, um, mm -hmm. which translates into you producing a signature style that mm. uh, resonates with people. How do you know how to find that kernel of truth in the chaos that is this um, world of generic, um, I don't know how to put it, but copy paste? Well, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, styles I think of expression. What, yeah, I mean, I think that's what stands out about my work, right? Is that I paint everyone, right? I don't just paint Instagram models. I mean, there are some beautiful people I paint. Everyone I paint, I think is beautiful, right? But like, what is beauty even? What is this kernel of truth that we're looking for, right? Like, to me, it's really important that we don't paint just one type of person. We're not all painting the Mona Lisa over and over and over again, right? And I think that authenticity is what sets my work apart. It's like, yeah, this is what it looks like to be a human being. This is what human beings look like when they're happy, when they're sad, when they're sexy, I don't know, you know? And that authenticity is that kernel of truth. And that's, yeah, I mean, when people see it, I, you know, you feel it, you know, you know, just right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's true. And a lot of people are kind of blocked off right there, like as you're pointing mm -hmm. at your at your heart. You know, it's something interesting that um, I noticed when I first met you was that I had never heard anybody express themselves the way that you did. I I had <laughs> I had never been around that growing up. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, she says things that I've never heard anybody say. And it was <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the things that you exposed were always a gift. That's what I noticed. Yeah. You, you made me notice things about myself that I I didn't know that I I had or that were good or attractive or whatever it may be. Uh, and and seriously, it, it's it's something <laughs> that I I really appreciate because when we met, I was struggling a little bit with confidence and. <laughs> <laughs> not knowing really how to present myself. I couldn't speak the language. Like I didn't speak English that well when we first met. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was, it was challenging and I don't know how you did it, but you managed to <laughs> speak to me in a way where it made me feel like, yeah, I'm fucking legit. This is good. <laughs> oh, you mean when I had a giant crush on you at 17 and I was like coming on you hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, uh, for better or for worse, I have a mouth that sometimes talks before I think, um, but usually it's positive what comes out of it. It was super um, positive. Yeah, I mean, I think, 
I don't know, like you look at my work and you look at my life and you look at everything that's led me up to now. It's like, I think, you know, you just have to love people. <laughs> I just love people. Like I was loving on you, I'm sure at 17. I love on people. I just like what a blessing it is that we all are alive, right? Like what mm-hmm. a wonderful thing we get to experience life. And I just like telling people about it. And I think it's coming through in your art now in a way that yeah. um, I really admire. And I'm really grateful to know that people like you exist out there. And it, it's just really special. It's a gift. So I just, Aww, I just you. wanted to share that with you. And uh, it's a, it's, you know, it, it was a fun time, put it that way. Yeah. We were having a good time. We Nobody was mad time. about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was pretty shameless. I think I still am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you... but that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's the thing is that like, how could you not love the life that you're in? And, and, and we've kind of touched on this a couple of times, right? Like for me, life is too short not to love it and not to express to people how much you love them, how much you love seeing them, how much, how beautiful they are, right? Like people are beautiful. Being alive is beautiful. Being in love is beautiful. And I think like, God, life is too short to not be in love with everything. (laughs) I mean, of course I have my sadness. I think, you know, like a lot of that, you know, I think, I think if you've been through tough things, right? Like if you've been through something that, has been traumatic or extra traumas, or you just like have been through depression, if you've been suicidal, if you've been all of those things and you make it out on the other side continually over and over and over again, like how could you not be in love? You've made it, like, you know, it's something I think is like, it's a beautiful, I don't know, it's like a really beautiful thing. And I have been through a lot and God, I'm just so thankful to be here, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And to do this work and to and to give love, right? Like and to see other people. And I think when you've been through those things, like and you see someone maybe struggling or someone having a hard time, like you can't help but just be like, Hey bud, how's it going? I'm here. I see you. Right? Because that's like that's what I needed growing up. That's what I wanted from the world. So I gave I give it, you know, and I think that's that's probably where it all comes from. <laughs> Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Well, it's a it's a gift, and I and I love that you can see people and you can share with people, and that now you have a way that is uh, not only an artistic expression, but you also have a way of doing it uh, socially, like yeah, like this, just in conversation. It's very powerful. Oh, thank you. I mean, I think yeah, I think when you, I kind of touched on it earlier, like moving from circus or moving from you know, being a teenager into circus, these moments that I've had in my life have been trauma moments that have made me totally shift. And that's very common, right? Like trauma's happened and you're like, something's got to change, right? Something's got to change. And I think like those moments, those moments of like leaning into yourself and saying like, I trust myself and I love myself enough to make that change is like an important moment. And then you know, coming into now, it's like sharing, like sharing that love with people and doing it, especially with my art, right? Like, and that's the beauty of art is like, it, it is so expansive. It reaches so many people and God, like, can you imagine being a person who maybe has never seen themselves, 
you know, in a, in this way, like on a wall, right? Like that's a gift right there. Right. And can you imagine going through life and you've never seen yourself on a wall and then you're walking past and someone who looks like you is hanging up larger than life. Like I just got chills just saying that, right? Like that's, that's what I'm doing, right? Like that's what I want. That's what I want for the world. I want you to feel like you're worthy of being on a wall. Mm. And like, and that's like, that's the purpose. That's like what gets me out of the bed in the morning. That's what gets me writing books. That's what gets me painting. Um, Cause we all deserve that feeling. So mm -hmm. I don't uh, know. That was kind of a ramble. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm so glad you can, you can say that and that that is part of your, your mission and purpose because I think in the world that we live in, especially in the U.S., um, any, anything that's commercialized, you're constantly looking at what you think is beauty. Yeah. And when you can't recognize yourself in that beauty or it feels unattainable, you start to feel smaller and smaller and smaller. And uh, I think we all deserve to feel big, expanded, yeah. uh, huge. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, like seen and recognized. So the fact that you yeah. can do that is pretty powerful and i assume it's also part of what's giving you success whether people are aware of that or not um and and i'm curious uh, so when you were shopping around in the early stages of you like coming out as an artist uh how did how did you know how to do that <laughs> like how to become an artist yeah how did, you know, <laughs> how did you know how to become a professional artist when there are so many artists out there who you know are, are really good but they they can't get seen. Well, I mean, I think the first part is like, what is good and what is success, right? Like, I think that answer is going to be different for everyone. You know, like I, did I think I was the best painter in the world when I started shopping paintings around right out of high or college? No. Like, and do I think I'm the best painter now? No. I hope I never feel like I'm the best painter. I want to always be learning, right? And so I think, you know, my advice to anyone who wants to become an artist is just get started. You know, like, I think there's this idea of perfection and people get stuck. Like, oh, I have to be, I have to have the 10 pieces or I have to, you know, have, you know, the rippling muscles or whatever it is that you think is good or success, right? And like, it keeps people from doing it. I think you just do it. You do it the best you can. You continually learn. I'm continually learning. And you just put yourself out there, you know? You you. And then the last piece of advice is you find community. You go to the art shows. You go to the meetups. You go to all those things. You meet people. You're going to figure out what's working, what's not, why it's working. You're going to be absorbing what's out there. And then you're going to find how it works for you. Um, how did I know how to do it? I don't know. I'm just one of those people who just says, screw it. Let's let no is just, uh, you know, another opportunity to try something else. And I just, that's how I've always been in my life. It's just like, let's try. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I auditioned for Cirque du Soleil. Was I good enough for Cirque du Soleil? Heck no. <laughs> but I did it because what, you know what, maybe they would have said yes. And they didn't say yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you know what, I can say I tried. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, I mean, that's how my career has always been. You know, I didn't study painting. I didn't study fine art. So there's a lot of things that are missing in my 
education, I guess. But the, the biggest thing I learned is nobody knows what the heck they're doing. And <laughs> you just do it. And that's the, I mean, that's the real joy of being an artist too, is like, there's no right or wrong. And, and like I said earlier, what is success, right? Like, to me, success was reaching out to as many people as possible and making the largest like heart impact. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's like my marker of success. And I'll never reach it. Right. Because I want to continue to reach people. I want to reach people all over the world. I want everyone to feel love. I mean, I, I'm such a mom. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, or maybe I'm just that's just who I am. Right. Um, and that's my marker of success. Am I making people feel good? Am I making people feel seen? And maybe that's not always good. Like, you know, I make work that's difficult. Um, but in that difficultness, we connect, right? So am I connecting with people? Am I making people feel like they can interface, feel like they're bigger, feel like they're seen, feel like they're worthy? That's my marker of success. And that mm -hmm. continually moves. I'm not here going, I want to sell paintings for $100,000, right? Like my work isn't that expensive and I don't think it should be. I think art should be accessible. My marker of success is just, am I hitting the mark, am I making a difference, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. But for other people, it could be different. Some people, you know, like, I don't know, this is super rambling too, but the other day I was talking about NFTs. <laughs> They're all over the place. I was just and thinking some, about NFTs. So. Yeah, <laughs> so we're gonna get into it. So NFTs, right? Everybody love them or hate them. They're here, whatever. And the other day I was talking to someone, I was at our Basel and this guy was like, Man, so anyone can make NFTs like my nan, nan's grandma, my grandma, like she, you know, she could like just like make an NFT of a duck. And I'm like, yeah, she could. What is wrong with your nan making art? Like, regardless if it's an NFT or not, like your nan is as much of an artist as I am. You know, just because she isn't commercializing it, just because she isn't selling it, the fact that she picks up her paintbrush and she makes something or she gets on Photoshop and she makes a weird duck, I don't know. She just made something. She created, she's interfacing with the world. Just because of her age, it doesn't change the fact that she's an artist. And just because of like, what is success? Maybe her success is she got on Photoshop and made a funny painting of a duck and then put it online. I don't know, you know, <laughs> like... All of it's valid, right? Like, and that's the whole beauty of it, right? Like, it's just whatever success means to you, reach that goal. And then that goal will move. And then you keep going. And you just go, go, go. And and then you end up painting fun pictures and living a wonderful life and making people feel good. <laughs> I, I like I like it. It sounds easy. Uh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, so uh, a question here that I'm, I'm thinking about, I, I just had this memory. I think it was David Garcia. He was uh, he was like making clothes and stuff. And I think he was doing some kind of like uh, fashion show. And, and mm -hmm. you were at this fashion show. And I think the community that we were in, although uh, performers were also entrepreneurial, everybody was yeah. out creating something and sharing it. And um, the community that existed there, I think, I mean, it definitely influenced me, made me believe I could, uh, you know, do anything, write a book, promote whatever. Yeah. And, and you yeah. did. Hey. And, <laughs> so, yeah. so, Look at us, we're book authors. Wow. Seriously. You know, yeah. So, so, um, yeah, so, so I that, mean, that was just a thought of the community. And, uh, yeah. my question is you found, found your lane, of course, in, in, in art. Was there a moment where 
you felt like you uh, became a professional artist versus being an artist that was more a hobbyist? Um, I think I've been a professional artist my whole life. Whether or not I was in Cirque du Soleil, whether or not I was showing in galleries, I think you become professional when you come at it every day, like inspired or not. Right. Like, and I think, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I really, I really do. Like, I think you just show up and, and that's the difference between a hobbyist and a professional is someone who does it every day or every other day. You do it as often as you can. And that's it. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. I think society would have you believe professionals when you start making money. Right. <laughs> Um, but capitalism is a tricky fish and <laughs> not my favorite thing in the world. Like I'm so honored that people buy my work. I am love that my work has worth. I love that I can feed my family. You know, I also have a partner, so let's not pretend that it's all on me over here, you know, but that I can have some sort of success. Right. But at the same time, like. I just, I would paint even if I wasn't selling the work, you know, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's to me is what professionalism is. You show up and you do the work. Right. That makes sense. Uh, and when it comes to money, how were you making ends meet in the beginning? Oh, I had like four different jobs. Come on. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. And, and I mean, when I met you, you know, you just said like everyone, you know, we were all circus performers. We all worked at Acro Sports. We all had a side hustle. I mean, this is what it takes to live your dreams in America, right? There's no safety net. <laughs> um, so I was in college. I was making websites. I learned how to code. Um, and I worked as a tech artist. I learned Photoshop and I would just get random gigs, jobs, running events, you know, helping open nightclubs, like anything I could do so that I could support this art habit. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and I think, I mean, I guess for you too, like when did you feel like you switched from having this to go to this gig economy to just making your own money? Yeah. You know, making your own time. I mean, I don't know. Do you feel like you're there? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I'm currently in a regression, <laughs> so like, yeah. but, but you're right because when we met, I, I was working at Acrosports. I was volunteering and doing research at the Marine Mammal Center. I was, uh, working at the Aquarium of the Bay and I was doing modeling and commercial gigs on the weekends. Oh um, yeah. You know, so <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, um, this is us, like, right? Like we were all young, wanted to make it work and would do whatever it took to make it work, whatever that meant, right? Like whatever that means to you. And I think, I mean, yeah, I wish there were more resources in America, especially that, you know, you're like, I want to be an artist. Here's a grant. Um, the yeah. grant writing is really hard. <laughs> you know, a totally different subset. Um, but yeah, I mean... So, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess my, my question then to make it more specific, when did you go yeah. full time? When did I go full time? Um, I went full time. That's a tricky question. <laughs> um, Better yet, went, how, how did you go full time? How did you go? How did I go first? Time? Yeah. It doesn't matter I went full force right after college. Mm -hmm. I started showing as, in as many places as I could. I started putting my work out there. I started networking. Um, this is why, while I still had four jobs, you know, um, I just, I was, it was go time. 
And the reason I say this is a tricky question is then I got pregnant. Um, and it was planned. It wasn't a surprise. Um, but what was a surprise was how hard that was, right? Like being pregnant is not for the faint of heart. I was like, oh, I will be great. I'll just be barefoot painting and having shows, you know, no. <laughs> On top of that, when I got pregnant back in 2016, I mean, it is still alive today. The misogyny was real. So I got dropped from my New York gallery as soon as I got pregnant. Um, they didn't want to show my work anymore because I was not suckable. I don't know if I could say that on your podcast or whatever, you, you know, you can, and I like, um, that. I like you saying that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I faced a lot of that kind of misogyny. Um, and on top of that, there was, you know, it was hard to get anything done. I was just tired all the time. Um, and then of course the baby comes and, you know, like, Living in San Francisco, it was like I couldn't afford, we, my husband and I, we, we made good money, but we couldn't afford a 45 an hour, you know, nanny. So who's going to take that hit? You know, it was me. I, and I wanted to be there with my kid. So I, this is a long story, but, you know, I was professional. I was doing it. I felt like I had done it. I was like showing, I mean, I showed next to a Banksy before I had my kid. Like I was showing all over the world. I was showing in Australia. I was showing in London. I had a New York gallery in Chelsea. Like, all of these things, and then you get pregnant and the world crumbles, right? And the baby comes, the world crumbles, everything's gone, or so I thought. And then I restarted my career in 2018. So two years later, I took two years off to raise my baby. And like, it felt like it was like a rebirth, right? So then I was like, how do I even get back in? And I did it the same way I did it before, where I created a body of work. And I believed that it was worthy and I started shopping it around and like I went to art fairs and I showed my work and I just believed in the process of like, you show up, you do the work, you put it out there and someone will find it. <laughs> and that's what happened. And then I restarted um, and I ended up being much more San Francisco focused after my kid, but that makes sense too. It's like very hard to travel when you have a young child. Um, and only now am I starting to travel again as much as I did before my kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, what is professional? I come in and out of it. I came in and out of it. So I guess, when did I decide that I wasn't going to come out of it anymore? Probably last year. Wow. <laughs> you know, and that's pretty late, right? Like, that's pretty late. Um, maybe 2020. Where did the days go? But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The pandemic. Like, the pandemic, you know? And even the pandemic. Like, let's talk about that, right? Like, I thought nobody was going to buy artwork. I thought that was the end of my career again, right? Like, we couldn't even find toilet paper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but... It ended up being one of the best years of my career because everybody had empty walls and they needed art. But so like, I guess the larger thing I would want to say to anyone listening to this or watching this is like, you can start over and you can make it mean whatever you want to make it mean. And like, you just, you just put it out there and you keep going. And I guess, yeah, that's, that would be my advice is just get out there. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Totally. <laughs> or don't do, do it. it. <laughs> exactly. But take a break, but then come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just, you know? <laughs> somehow be consistent. Somehow be consistent. Yeah. Um, did you have any mentors along the way? Um, in terms of like anything showing... related to you getting to the point where you are today. Um, I... I mean, I think some of the teachers in school really inspired me. There's this one woman who is my painting teacher. Her name's Tara Vats. 
Um, she's an amazing artist in her own right. Uh, and just seeing her like shine in her work, um, you know, she was teaching us as her side hustle, um, but her work was like really cool. She's like Iranian and I hope she's Iranian. I think she's Iranian. Oh my God. <laughs> that would be terrible if that was not the case. Um, now I'm like second guessing myself. Ah! But anyway, her work was just like very steeped in tradition, right? Like in her traditions. Hopefully I said it right. Sorry, Tara, I didn't. <laughs> but whatever, you know, it's like, she was like very much herself, unapologetically herself, her culture, her being, the, the dichotomy between being an American as well, right? And being a woman and like her work, like just the way that she was doing it really inspired me to not be apologetic about what I had to say, right? And like what my specific point of view was gonna be, right? And like, you know, especially as a kid coming from Oakland, like in the Bay Area, like, of course, my work is going to be in inclusive, of course, I'm going to paint my, you know, my friends who are every rainbow of color, right? Or of course, I'm going to paint, you know, my queer friends, my gay friends, my lesbian friends, of course, I'm going to paint these people who traditionally wouldn't have agency, right, in the fine art world. Um, I mean, I think she gave me in a way, like when you see someone doing something, she gave me permission to paint my community, right? And what I knew, um, not that I needed permission, but seeing someone doing that. Yeah, like that's, I guess what a good mentor could be is like seeing like, oh, I wanna do that. That's that's special, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, somebody you can <laughs> so, model after and- Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Yeah, yeah that's very yeah. cool. And, and um how about collaborations? Have you done a lot of collaborations? And if so, are there some memorable ones that have been kind of career altering? Um, I don't, I mean, in terms of like painting, no. Um, but in terms of what we've been kind of hitting on with my work, yes. A lot of my work is a collaboration, right? Like I'm talking to my models. They're not just these passive subjects in my paintings, right? Um, and then my latest series I just did called Scene, which I started this year and I'm going to continue into the next year, that's a collaborative process, right? So the project Scene was uh, 50 eye paintings uh, done in a month. Anyone could submit. It didn't cost you anything to submit. Um, all you had to give me was a picture of your eye <laughs> and you had to tell me what does it feel to be seen? How does that feel? Mm. Um, and so I made a book out of it and oh, here's, here's the book, right? Let's so here the it book. is, Seeing Scene. Oh, awesome. And like, so someone gave me a picture of their eye, but these aren't my words. These are words from the people. So that mm. I would say is a collaboration, right? Like, so I did the painting, but what is even art, right? Like, what is my art? What is your art? Like, so I painted it, but that's not just my book. That's every person who submitted, that's their book too. Mm -hmm. Right. And th those those eyes have been um, out on on a wall, like a physical wall, too. Right. They mm -hmm. exist. Yeah, yeah. We, ha we had a big show. Yeah, yeah. We had a show where we put them all out on the wall and everybody showed up. It was. Yeah. It was a magical moment of collaboration, of like community, of showing up for each other. Um, so, yeah, in terms of like paint to canvas, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I, a lot of artists, we live very solitary lives. I mean, I know it looks all good on the Instagram, but, <laughs> um, 
but this is the way that I kind of collaborate with the world is I tell stories, not just my own. Mm -hmm. I really like that project too. And the, the book, um, what has that been like? I mean, putting together a book, no matter how big or small, takes a lot of effort. And it's, you know, it, it's a very challenging <laughs> process. Uh, yeah. What Was it worth it? It's totally worth it. I mean, especially this project, like, you know, when you talk about like career changing or career, I don't know, like this project, especially to me, hit all the right notes. It, it, it gave love to the world. It cost you nothing. You, so when we talk about like equity to the arts, like nobody had to buy their piece. That was not a prerequisite to this, right? So, and that's something I really believe in. I think art should be accessible to everyone, no matter how much money you have in your pocket. Um, and it it made people feel, it made people feel seen. It made people feel heard. We had tears, we had laughs, we had big hugs. I mean, like some of the stuff in this book is like very deeply personal and yet also expansive, something we can all connect with. And so for me, this project, over a lot of my other projects, was the most successful um, in terms of like that, you know, we talked earlier about what is success. Like to me, that was success. That was people who really felt seen. Like there was a one woman in the, sh in the book who told me she had just started therapy because she had gone through a trauma and wasn't feeling like seen, she felt small, she felt, you know, hidden away from the world. And she had just started therapy and I had just started this project on Instagram and she submitted and she said, part of it was part of my therapy. I, I want to be seen now. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready for that. And like, God, like how beautiful that you could, I didn't know her. I didn't know what her deal was, you know? I didn't know that's even why she entered until she came to the show and she told me, you know, but like, this is, that's the power, right? That's the beauty of art is like, who knows whose life you're going to change just by saying yes to them, by saying like, you are worthy, right? So I don't know where we were going with this. I got rambling. <laughs> no, I was just asking you if uh, if the book was successful and worth it. Oh. And it, and it clearly yes, was. it was. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that was, sorry. My brain just no, got really perfect. into whatever I was talking about. Yes, it was totally worthwhile and it was totally successful in my mind. I mean, you know, the book's almost sold out. Um, we're going to do another one because it was so successful. And yeah, books are really hard, but so mm -hmm. is life. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. make them, you just do it. it was it perfect? No. <laughs> Did it get made? Yes. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> I, I have this saying, and everyone always laughs at me, but I'm always like, perfect is the death of done. Just get it done, you know? <laughs> because that is, that's it, just get it done. You, you can do always do it better the next time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That. How did you feel making a book? Like, did you uh, feel like it was the worst? <laughs> <laughs> it it was it was um I had a love hate relationship with it. It was very challenging, but I would do it again. And it's almost yeah. like I have amnesia. I forgot how how challenging it was. Uh, but it was it, it's definitely the best project I've ever worked on, and I'm so glad I did it. And it it sold relatively well and it continues to sell and you know every week i get messages from people i'm reading the book i found the book the, the book it's a thing that lives on beyond me and it's yeah. uh yeah pretty remarkable so i'm i'm like glad i did it <laughs> i mean and that's i mean that's the beauty of the written form right or as art right like that these things live on beyond us and that you do have an impact continually you know 
Like I have paintings that I did years ago that people still connect with and love and enjoy. I mean, that's, I think that's the beauty of the written word or the, the picture, right? Is like that we leave a lasting legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so, you change people's lives, I bet. Y- yeah. Uh, yeah. It sounds weird <laughs> to say it, but, um, but yeah. I, yeah. Truth, yeah, I've received a lot of messages yeah. from people saying, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't have done this, or thank you for opening my eyes to this thing, or whatever it may be. And it's right. uh, insane because I have no clue what I'm talking about. I'm making it all up. <laughs> none of us do none of us do but that's i mean but that's like isn't that like the juicy part of being alive right like that you existed in this world all the things that you did in your life came together to make this book and then you put it out in the world and now no matter where you are in your world like you did that and now other people like live because of that like how beautiful what a beautiful thing right it's insane it's insane <laughs> yeah I, I, I love it i love it um okay so i have i have another curiosity um yeah. just a, a month ago i guess it was uh if you were on instagram you saw everybody and their mother posting um an ai uh mm-hmm. picture of themselves uh using this app called lenza H- how do you feel about ai art Um, So I think we can talk about things twofold here, right? Um, When you talk of when we talk about art in general, I think it's great. I think, you know, just because you didn't go to college for five years, that shouldn't preclude like, shouldn't keep you from making something that you think is beautiful. And it's a tool in which people who maybe have not had access in the way that I have, can interface, right? Like grandma wants to make a beautiful picture of a duck. She goes on Lenza, she figured it out. She made a duck, she hangs it in her house. She feels good. That's beautiful. I think that's awesome. Yeah. When we talk about capitalism, um, I think it gets a lot trickier, right? Like for artists who survive off of their work um, and Lenza and the AI really work from taking, right? sources I mean, all artists do this by the way like it's not just lenza right like uh, like i said very early on in the podcast like i was looking at 70s illustration and then i made it my own we all do this right but not quite so one-to-one right and i think ai will get to the point where you won't be able to distinguish who got stolen from what etc etc but this idea that like like right now you could go on lens and say, put your face in and say the Tracy Piper portrait, um, but make it more blue, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And then there goes my commission, right? There goes somebody who could have reached out to me to make that painting. And now the Lenza app did it in, you know, five minutes. Um, yeah. So there's where the tricky thing comes in where like, when we lose benefit, right? Like when artists lose their livelihoods, you know, that's that's the issue for me, right? Um, so I think, you know, we could talk about a lot of things coming out of that, right? Like maybe we need universal income. Maybe artists need to be supported more to feed into something like that. Maybe there needs to be a system of when the Lenza app takes a portion of your work, you get a royalty. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What I do know is it's like a very early stage of something. It's here. 
Yeah. And we just go from it from there. You know, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, everyone freaked out when Photoshop became a thing, right? Like photographers were like, <gasps> you can edit photos. Oh my God. You know, but now look at us. We all use Photoshop. It's a tool, right? And just like a pencil is a tool. I mean, I'm sure people who saw acrylic paint for the first time were like, oh, acrylic paint. Ugh. You know, it's like, it's, it's a tool. <laughs> yeah. I, and I love so. that you can say, I love that you can say that. And, and my, my take on this, is, and let's see if this resonates with you, is that as the crypto space, for example, evolves, the NFTs um, start to expand and unfold in ways that will become practical beyond uh, the exchange of images at this moment, yeah. or uh, art, whether it's produced by a human or artificial intelligence. Uh, as, as this evolves, my, my sense is that um, right now we're in a stage where we need to become one more aware of our humanity, what makes us human, and two, how that uh, humanity translates into uh, digital form. Yeah. And and uh, finally, how uh, when it translates into digital form, how it can be recognized as human or uh, the creator or the starter, the catalyst for a new type of expression. So I don't know. Uh, like if you yeah. if you think about Leonardo da Vinci, people who know about art, they can see that his stroke is on, you know, a student's painting. They can see, oh, mm -hmm. uh, Leonardo actually did this thing to showcase something. You can see it there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I believe that machine learning will be able to recognize those things. And this is the like signature style. Uh, and I believe that very few people, and this is, I think, the magic of the creative, that anybody is creative, everybody is creative, but there are very few who have signature styles. And I think yeah, I would, I would well, disagree with you there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to, I want to, I want to hear that's why, that's why I'm asking. This. Yeah. Because I think our signature styles are born out of who we are and it's the unlearning we have to do to reach that signature style. Right. Like me, you got to learn more. a lot. Give me more. Yeah. Give me okay, more. Okay. So you, you got to learn a lot. Like, you know, Picasso or no, who's the guy who's through Jackson Ball, like probably had to learn a lot to then like just jizz all over his painting with paint, you know, <laughs> but yeah. like you have to know what the rules are before you break them. Um, and I think a lot of times, like you'll see people who don't want to draw because they're afraid that their line is not going to be perfect. Well, maybe I don't want a perfect line. Maybe I want to see the slight tremor in your hand because you're nervous, right? Maybe because of how tall you are and the way that your arm shape is, you're going to make a circle different than the way that I make a circle. And that is your signature. That is your body creating something, right? And mm -hmm. I find art is much more fascinating when we let go of perfect. Mm -hmm. um, I'm and with I think, you on that. Yeah. Yeah. And so then when we say signature style, right? Like that's something, obviously this is my work. I don't sign the front of my work. You can tell it's rainbow. It looks crazy. It's about some sort of heartfelt thing. It's a the Tracy Piper, right? Done. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? Um, but you, this is what we've been talking about. Like, okay, Tracy is not a perfectionist. Tracy loves color. She's from the circus, right? Um, bright colors, da 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 Like this, everything about me I love people, so I paint people. Everything about me made this my signature style, and I got out of the way, right? Like, at first in school, I thought the thing was to make realism, paint people as real as you could because that's the ideal. But once I let go of that, this is who I am, right? 
So I think this idea of like, and I and I get it, like professional signature style, you can tell it's a Picasso, you can tell a Rembrandt, you can tell a Lee Tracy Piper. But I would suggest that like we all have that in us. And even maybe the AI has a signature style. I don't know. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I, no, maybe it does. You know, it it probably does. It probably does. Yeah. I I. Well, there's like there's a lot of layers here, but uh, you just made me think of the um, movie on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it. It's about Jonah Hill's therapist. It's called mm-hmm. Stutz. Anyways, I heard uh, about I don't, it, but yeah. Anyways, I don't want to ruin it for people here, but there's one yeah. thing about the the movie where uh, the therapist, when he draws or writes on pieces of paper, he's like drawing out these tools and little, yeah, just doodles to explain the tool. Uh. He has he's a little shaky, so he has mm-hmm. a he has a signature style of doing things, and they've used that as the um, kind of design and aesthetic for the whole movie, and yeah. it looks amazing. It, it's yeah. just uh, uh, unbelievable, and I I I I really loved it. So what you're saying resonates with me deeply, and I guess what I'm trying to get to is. Is there a relationship, like a human relationship, something that we feel or experience emotionally that is like signature, like you have an emotional experience of what the world is and you have a relationship to that, that when you express yourself through art allows you to create what you're creating. And I'm just wondering if we could access that signature emotion, that signature relationship to what we're experiencing if that's something that potentially uh, needs to be nurtured now, even more than ever, like the awareness of that, so that when we are programming a machine to be uh, or resemble a Tracy Piper, yeah, that it, it can be recognized as such. And mm. I, I, I'm not expecting you to have an answer to this. I'm just kind of <laughs> posing this like yeah. question, just open ended, uh, because I believe that you are. Um, as an artist, somebody who is on the path of uh, recognizing and mastering that which is being experienced and expressing that in a very unique way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you could say, like, unlike AI, I am probably the most humanistic you could get into art. I'm not trying... I'm trying to capture what it means to be human, right? And and I think, you know, the goal, you know, you asked, like, is this something that would be good for people is, like, leaning into where's our signature style or, like, leaning into emotion, leaning into these moments that make us incredibly human. And, and with the idea of, like, does that go into AI, I would suggest forget AI and let's lean into being human a little more. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There's so much untapped potential of the world, right? Because we're all stuck in this idea of what we should be and how we should be and what that looks like. And if we could all let go of that, right? Be willing to be made a fool of, be willing to get that no, that rejection, be willing to make mistakes, be willing to let the paint drip. Like, I think we would find all of ourselves in a much more enlightened state (laughs) Mm -hmm. than we do now, right? Um, Like coming back into capitalism, coming back into not feeling worthy, coming back to all these things that hold us back. Can you imagine if in your life you thought you were worthy the whole time? Yeah. How much further along you would be in your life, in your love, in your happiness? 
How many times do we wake up and we're like, oh, I've got a pimple. I can't show that. I put a sticker on it today, right? Like, because, oh, God forbid, I'm a human being and I have a pimple. I mean, I did it today, right? Mm -hmm. And we all do this. But, like, what if we let go of all that? How much better would we be? <laughs> and mm -hmm. whatever with AI. AI is a tool. And AI comes from us. And maybe one day AI will, like, what makes something living, right? Like, I don't know. What makes us living? We're a bunch of, like, wires in our brain yep. going, <laughs> you know, I don't know what makes us tick. What What's going to make an AI tick? I don't know. You know, I mean, it's amazing. And I think whether or not AI is in the conversation, I think the conversation should be how do we grow as a society, AI or not, to support each other, to reach our potential. And then AI can reach its potential too. And then we're all successful and we're all, you know, naked in the garden of Eden drinking wine. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like AI is just like a non sequitur, man. It's like it's a distraction. I think it's cool. It's super cool. But what what is it really hitting? And I think I hit on this earlier. If it allows somebody without arms to paint a picture, that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. That person well, that, now has coming. a new lease on life. Yeah. They that's get coming. to experience life. I mean, it's already coming. You could use a text to voice to say, I want to paint a painting of a duck. Grandma with no arms says, I want to paint a painting of a duck on a lake and I want it to be all squares. Mm -hmm. Now she gets to interface into the world like that. So it's coming back to that human again, right? Like it's like she gets to experience life, you know, even if she didn't get to do it that way before. I think that, yeah. Anyway, I don't know That's where I'm going with this. <laughs> It's it's super it's super duck cool. Painting. Yeah, duck painting. That's what it is. And that That's man can do it. it. Man can do, do it too. Things. Yeah, man don't. can do it too. <laughs> I, I, I don't love, know. What I do love... you think? Yeah. No, I think you're totally. I totally. I think you're totally right. And something that came up for me. I I used to um, just ask this question for fun, which is, you know, how you can Google somebody's net worth. And mm -hmm. I I would ask, what 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 would it be like if you could Google somebody's self worth? Oh, God, you would right? see a lot of sad numbers, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't that the saddest thing? I mean, like, I think that's what my mission is, because I felt that. I do feel that. We all, we all go through that. We go, I battle depression. I battle anxiety. I mean, we all do on some degree. Um, and I think that's why I make the work that I do. You know, it's like, because we all deserve to not feel like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I know what that feels like, you know. I I viscerally know what that. Yeah, feels it feels like. really I shitty. Think all of us do. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, and I think um, I think that's that's what I was trying to say to you earlier is that uh, you know when we first met, uh, uh, my self worth was greater because of the interactions that I had with you, whether they mm -hmm. were flirtatious at time or just for fun <laughs> or just being friends yeah. and being in the same yeah. environment. The, the energy was really positive and it and it made my self-worth uh, go up. Aww. So that's that's, that's yeah, it's amazing. And that, the fact that yeah. you can do that is is powerful. And the other thing that I was thinking as you were sharing was this is something I've been kind of messing around with. It could be a concept for a book, but uh, I've been saying that the, the 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 body is like the ancient technology of the future. We still haven't figured out what it means to even be here. Right. Yeah. So we need to kind of go back and really just go back to what does it mean to be human so we can produce the technology of the future. And the technology of the future is maybe being more human, um, yeah. whatever whatever that means. I heard 
something on Instagram or whatever. Um, and this was during the pandemic and I was struggling. I think we were all struggling. Um, but somebody said like, if you're struggling, go back to the things you liked when you were eight. Mm. Right. And that's like, you think about children, you know, and like you have a kid who's now got a little kid. I've got Mm -hmm. a little kid. You think about children or growing up. It's like, God, that freedom when you're a kid, that freedom, that's like, that's the most human thing is like being a four year old. (laughs) You're crying, you're angry, you're hungry. Everything is huge. Everything is, you know, but like, or when you're eight, you know, like it's, almost a freedom you don't know shame yet maybe hopefully hopefully you haven't been in a situation where you know shame yet um you know like god if we could all get back to that <laughs> well i, th- I think i think you know, you know some degree of shame i mean i'm just thinking about my my grandson he he loves playing with the dog's water bowl and sometimes yeah. it gets a little messy and w- one time we walked in and he was drinking the water he was just <laughs> like yeah i was like whatever but you know, at times it's you get a little tired. You're like, dude, what are you doing? And he kind of yeah. just goes like head down, looks at you and like starts to cry. Right. He's like, oh, what's happening? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's experiencing some kind of shame. But it's my right. shame that I'm projecting on it. That's my point. You yeah. didn't know shame when you're my kid. used. To, I, don't, I don't know if I should say my kid used to lick the sidewalk in the mission. OK. Oh, it's fine. I don't uh, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's good for you. I mean, you know, but like. That, I mean, and you shouldn't lick the sidewalk in the vision, and, and there's a reason we don't. Um, yeah. But my point just being, like, like my kid draws drawings and doesn't worry if they're going to be perfect. Now, mm-hmm. now that my kid's in school, my kiddo's six and a half now, and they're in school. And now that, that there's this idea of, like, grading and good and bad, now I see my kid hesitate. But when my kid was four, you just put a pencil in, this hand, in their hand, and they'd be like... You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. God, can't we go back to that? (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's the beauty, right? That's what I'm, I'm petitioning for whatever Mm -hmm. on the AI. Let's all just get back to being four year olds. (laughs) I I like it. I like it. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Returning to, um, our humanity, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So what's next, what's next for you? So, yeah, I guess I'm a professional, successful artist now. Killing it. <laughs> um, I'm just thankful to be here. Um, so this coming year is going to be really exciting for me. Um, the scene book that I did, I want to do volumes of. I think it was just such a powerful project. Um, so I'll be starting that up again this month. I'll be looking for new models. I'll be looking for 50 new people to hit me up on Instagram, fill out the form and I'll, and you yourself could be an eye in the next one. Um, I'll probably be doing this as a yearly thing. Um, I probably will give myself a little more time than a month. That was a little crazy. Nobody really cared that I did it in a month except me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'll give myself a little more time this time. Um, but yeah, it's such a powerful project. It really is like just, God, like to share in that way, I think is really strong. So that's coming up. And then I have a solo show coming up probably more like August. I'm still finalizing the dates with Voss Gallery. That's the gallery I work with in SF. Um, and I'm excited for this too, because uh, because scene is so about the person, um, my solo show, I'm going to get a little more experimental than I usually have. I'm going to start playing with more 
um, not just canvas. So I'll be like cutting that wood, painting on wood, painting with textures. Um, so if scene is, you know, about all of you, I'm the working title right now is feels. <laughs> and it's going to be really experimental. It's not really about who the person is. It's about what it feels like to be a human being on this planet Earth. Mm, so, that's, it's gonna be interesting amazing. yeah that's amazing. <laughs> it's a totally uncharted territory but like i said you just show up you do the work and we'll see what happens <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm excited and, you know yeah and wh where can people submit their their eyes so they can be seen yeah so follow me on instagram at the tracy piper that's the tracy piper t-h-e-t-r-a-c-y-p-i-p-e-r um and i will be posting about it constantly they're going to be a like annoyed with me probably <laughs> um and then there'll be a link there to fill out the form so that you could be a part of the project that's awesome yeah. okay yeah. uh my eye may be submitted yes you should <laughs> I, I mean honestly like you know that question what does it feel like to be seen is a really hard one to answer mm -hmm. and it's really interesting what people say so mm -hmm. i'd be interested to hear what you have to say yeah, I was actually thinking about it a little bit as you were telling me about the project here. And yeah. uh, somebody asked me over the holidays uh, when I was back in Spain visiting family, uh, they asked me if I, I, I felt loved. I was like, I feel love at the moment, but I'm not feeling loved, meaning I'm not mm. feeling seen. And mm -hmm. uh, one of the reasons is because we're all preoccupied trying to love ourselves. Mm. Interesting. And, yeah. Um, and, and, and this occupied is trying to love yourself. What does that mean? Yeah. It just means that you're, you're trying, we were just talking about self-worth a, a while ago. Yeah. We're all, all trying yeah. to figure out where are, who are we in this world? What's our position? Yeah. Where do we, where are we of value? Are we even mm -hmm. valuable? Or is this just mm -hmm. like a thing that's completely made up? And, uh, in, in you being caught and even trying to think about those things, you're missing everything that you are uh, supposed to be receiving, the, the experience, mm -hmm. love from mm -hmm. others, whatever. So because mm -hmm. we're all so busy trying to figure out, like, who am I? Do I love myself? We can't even receive love from others. We can't even be seen from others because we, we don't even allow ourselves to uh, be aware of what's coming our way. And I would take that one step further, if you don't mind. And take say me capitalism has taught us that we need to have value and that we are not intrinsically valuable as we are. Mm. Well, without going down a rabbit hole, I would be curious, <laughs> what's, what's, what's an alternative to capitalism? Uh, universal. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. We're stuck in it. But I do. Yeah. I am a big proponent of universal um, income that like everybody should have an amount of security and safety in their lives, um, whether or not you wanna work. And I think people think that's a crazy idea, but honestly, as somebody who has made my life out of wanting more than just a dollar, like look what I've created out of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, my hope is that people in this world could have that same opportunity. I know how lucky and privileged I've been to even get to do this work. And, mm -hmm. and that's why I, I truly believe like if, if you knew where your food was coming, if you knew that you were gonna have a roof over your head, if you knew your children were gonna be okay, if you knew that like not breaking your knee would make you have to sell a house, even if you got even got the chance to buy a house, what would you do with your time? I'm interested in that, right? Yeah. And so I, yeah. 
That's, that's I, yeah, that capitalism. I, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that that makes yeah. sense. I I I I agree to a certain degree because I also like to feel safe. Uh, I also know that uh, when I get comfortable, I I tend to stop growing at a mm. rate that um, feels fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And something that I noticed during the pandemic was um, a lot of people didn't want to go back to work. It was better to be off work because you were getting more by not working than mm-hmm. working. Um, yeah. So it's it's tricky. And I forget who well, was the politician who was advocating for um, universal basic income. Um, mm. um, I forget. Anyways. I yeah. Well, Andrew, Yang. Andrew Yang. Andrew oh, Yang. Andrew yeah. Yang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, going to which... ask you, though. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to ask you, though, how did it feel during the pandemic in your soul when you stopped achieving? Uh, it completely sucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It completely so my, sucked. my thought being, if we take away, right, like, I have to work to make money. Maybe we just say, feeling good is my goal. And I feel good when I achieve whatever that may be. And that's encouraged. And no longer, you know, does, you know, the mom of single mama too have to like work at McDonald's and then at Taco Bell. She actually, you know, could maybe be a writer or whatever she wanted to be, right? Like I can guarantee you right now, like if we can get out of the mindset of like, I have to work because it's how I survive or to, I get to work, I get to show up. And you, that depression is real. That you, I think in the human nature, there's gonna be a few people who love to sit on the couch and that's what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. But I think the majority of us discovered during the pandemic that sitting on the couch is super freaking depressing, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And then, so that would be my point. Like, I think, I think if we were let go of like, if we didn't have to worry about those things, I think, it would be beautiful what we maybe made. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you, and one of the things that I'm excited uh, about when I when I hear you share these things is that I believe that the creative arts um, allows us to have a conversation or start a conversation in a way that um, takes away you know party lines. It takes away uh, all of these things because it's open for interpretation and thus open mm-hmm. for dialogue and thus open for new solutions and new ways. And uh, that's really powerful. I think that's, that's I, the, I, the power of art. I always think, yeah, I'm a very lucky person. I can find myself, you know, talking to a homeless man in Oakland and the same day as, you know, up in city hall, you know, schmoozing with whoever, I don't know. You know, I can find myself doing all the things. I can find myself on a yacht in Miami and also, you know, cleaning up after my kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, and that's the beauty of art, right? Is that we we kind of swim through everything, and and it means a lot to everyone. And I, I mean, that's why I like being part of it. But <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Tracy, thank you. How yeah. how can people support you? Um, come to my shows, buy art, um, buy other people's art, not just my art. Buy art. <laughs> Be a part of art. Make a picture. That's, I mean, just, yes, come support me. I love support. You guys are, my fans are great. My collectors are great. Like, it's amazing to me that people come and love what I'm doing. Um, You know, I just like to paint and they show up 
if these new people want to come support support me but my bigger thing is like support anyone who's doing this like this is not an easy life and if you've got a friend go buy their painting before you buy my painting that's amazing <laughs> but then come buy my painting too <laughs> yeah. if you have a little extra just come come yeah. over <laughs> yeah fuck capitalism let's just all have a party <laughs> there you go i love it thank you tracy i really appreciate it thank you for your time and for sharing yeah. it's been a great conversation and i hope everybody yeah. listening uh got as much out of it as i did so thank you i appreciate you Thanks. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been super fun. Um, yeah, good to see you again, my friend. We'll do it again. This is the freestyle way.